stop measuring yourself based on how many cute little boxes you checked off. That is the wrong approach. What you want to start measuring yourself is based on the input, not the output, the input. And what is the input? Your time and your attention. So the only metric of success is not how many cute little boxes you checked off because you know what people do. They check off the easy stuff first. That's what people do. So instead, you measure yourself on, did I do what I said I was going to do for as long as I said I would without distraction? That's your only metric of success. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Thank you, everyone, for joining today. I am so happy to be with you. And today we're going to give you kind of a preview of some of what you would learn in our quest on MindVal on how to become focused and indistractable. It is a quest that has just blown up. People have really taken to it, and it's just been amazing to see the response so far. So what we want to do is to kind of give you some of uh, some very practical things that you can do right away to master what I call the skill of the century, this power to become indistractable. And I want to start by telling you a little bit about my own story, how I came to reconsider my own relationship with distraction. It all started for me a few years ago when I had this beautiful afternoon planned with my daughter, just some quality daddy-daughter time. And I got us a, a little book, an activity book, of different things that daddies and daughters could do together. You know, make an origami crane or have a paper airplane contest, do a Sudoku puzzle, all these things that we could do together. And one of the activities in the book was to ask each other this question. If you could have any superpower, what superpower would you want? And I remember that question verbatim, but I can't tell you what my daughter said, because for some reason in that moment, I started looking at my phone and before I knew it, when I looked up for my device, she was gone. I had blown this perfect daddy-daughter moment because I had been distracted by my device. And if I'm honest with you, it wasn't just with her and it wasn't just with my phone. It would happen when I would say to myself, I'm definitely going to exercise today. And I didn't. I'm certainly going to eat right, but I wouldn't. I'm definitely going to meditate today, but I would skip. Time and time again, I didn't follow through on the things I said I was going to do. And this affected my relationships. It affected my health, my psychological and physiological well-being. And it affected my work because I would sit down at work and say, oh, I'm definitely going to work on that big project. And yet somehow 20, 30, 45 minutes later, I was doing everything but the thing I said I was going to do. So if you ask me today what superpower I would most want, I tell you the power I would most want is the power to be indistractable. Being indistractable is the skill of the century. There is no area of your life that is not affected by your ability to control your attention. This is truly how we control our life and choose our destiny. If you cannot focus on whatever it is you say you're going to do, then you've already lost. It's absolutely critical that we have that power because think about it, this is the macro skill. If we can't focus on meditation or prayer or our work or our relationships, how do we get those things done? How do we live the kind of life we know we deserve unless we can focus our attention? So this is truly the skill of the century. So I wanna help bring some awareness to what I learned over the past five years of researching this topic. One of the first things I learned that I was rather surprised to learn was that this is not a new problem. You know, many people think that it's our cell phones, it's our devices, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's all these technologies that cause distraction, but nothing could be further from the truth. 
that in fact, we know that the Greek philosopher Plato talked about this very same problem 2,500 years ago. He called it akrasia in the Greek, the tendency that we have to do things against our better interest. And knowing that this is not a new problem should give us some comfort to know that people have always been struggling with distraction. And I think part of the reason we've always been struggling with distraction, it's certainly not caused by our new technologies, is that we don't truly understand what distraction is. If you want to test yourself to see if you know what is distraction really, I thought I understood the term, but I really didn't, ask yourself what is the opposite of distraction? What's the antonym to the word? Most people will tell you the opposite of distraction is focus. Isn't that kind of what we all want? We don't want to be distracted. We want to be focused, right? But that's not exactly true. That if you look at the origin of the word, the opposite of distraction is not focus. The opposite of distraction is, in fact, traction. That traction and distraction come from the same Latin root, trahare, which means to pull. And you'll notice that both traction and distraction end in the same six letters, A-C-T-I-O, and that spells action. So reminding us that distraction is not something that happens to us. No, no, no. Distraction is an action we take. And so attraction, an act of traction is any action that by definition pulls you to what you said you're going to do, things that you do with intent, things that move you closer to your values and help you become the kind of person you can become. Now, the opposite of traction is distraction. Distraction is any action that pulls you further away from what you plan to do, further away from your goals, further away from your values, and further away from becoming the kind of person you can become. So this is not just semantics. This is very, very important because I believe that any action can be traction or distraction based on one word. And that one word is intent, right? The time you plan to waste is not wasted time. Let me give you an example. How many of us have sat down at our desk at work and we say, okay, now I'm going to get to work. I'm not going to procrastinate. I have to work on that big project that I've been delaying on. Nothing's going to get on my way. Here I go. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to start right now. But first I'm going to check some email, right? First, I'm going to do those easy things on my to-do list just to check those off so I can get some momentum, right? Because those are work-related tasks. I got to check email at some time today, don't I? And what people don't realize is that that is the most dangerous, most pernicious form of distraction, the distraction that tricks you into prioritizing the urgent and the easy work at the expense of the hard and important work that you have got to do to move your career, your family, your life, your relationships forward. And so it is absolutely critical that we understand that just because something feels work-related doesn't mean it's not a distraction because anything that you didn't plan to do is by definition taking you off track is a distraction. Conversely, anything that you plan to do with intent, anything is traction. So don't listen to these chicken little tech critics that tell you that technology is hijacking your brain and some professor who doesn't even have a social media account telling you to delete Facebook. No, these tools are wonderful if we use them correctly. If you plan time to play video games, to go on Facebook, to check YouTube, none of these technologies are bad. They're wonderful as long as we use them on our schedule and according to our values, not the tech companies. So it's critical that we understand the difference between traction and distraction. Now, the next question is, what prompts us to these actions? Why do we even go off track to begin with? Well, here we have two kinds of triggers. 
we have the external triggers. These are the usual suspects, the pings, the dings, the rings, anything in your outside environment that can lead you towards traction or distraction. This is what we tend to blame. We tend to blame these things outside of us. But did you know that studies find that only 10% of the reason that we get distracted, 10% is because of an external trigger? Studies have actually found this, that only 10% of the time that you look at your phone, are you looking at your phone because of some ping, ding, or ring? So what's the other 90%? The other 90% of the time that we check our phones, we check our phones because of what we call an internal trigger. Internal triggers are these uncomfortable emotional states that we seek to escape. Because what I learned in my five years of research and writing this book is that distraction overwhelmingly begins from within. And so we have to start with that fact. This is our first stop to becoming indistractable, is learning how to master these internal triggers. And to do that, we have to understand what is the discomfort that we are trying to escape from. Because here's the cold hard truth, folks. Whether it's too much news, too much booze, too much football, too much Facebook, we are always going to find a distraction somewhere unless we start by understanding what is that discomfort? What is that internal trigger? Boredom, uncertainty, fatigue, anxiety, stress. What is it that we are running away from when we take an action that leads us away from what we know we should be doing? Don't we all know what we want to do? Who doesn't know that to lose weight, you have to exercise and eat right? Do we need to buy a diet book to tell us that? We know, we just don't do it. Who doesn't know that if you want better relationships, you have to actually be present with the people you love? You know that, but why don't we do it? Who doesn't know that if you wanna excel at your job, you have to do the hard work, especially the other stuff that people don't wanna do? We know this. It's not a problem of knowledge. It's a problem of follow through. It's a problem of getting in our own way. It's a problem of getting distracted. So what do we do about this? How do we fight these internal triggers? Well, it comes down to this fundamental truth. Write this down because we know writing things down helps us memorize these things and incorporate them into our life. I want you to write this down. Time management is pain management. Time management is pain management. We have to learn how to manage these internal triggers or they become our masters right? We constantly look for escape. If you feel lonely, check Instagram. If you feel bored, check stock prices, the news, sports scores, Reddit. If you're feeling uncertain, Google something. And so fundamentally, we have to understand what those internal triggers are and take steps to master them. Or again, they will become our masters. Now, how do we do that? Psychologists tell us that by simply noting the sensation, by simply writing down what is that preceding emotion, is it loneliness, fatigue, anxiety, stress? Just jotting it down, huge first step. The next step is to get curious about that sensation, not contemptuous. You see, what many people do is that they fall into two camps when it comes to distraction. They become blamers or shamers. The blamers, they say, oh, it's the internet, it's Facebook, it's the news, it's this, it's that, it's, that. it's all this stuff outside of them. And of course, that's futile because you can't change that stuff. You can't go back in time to you know, some age before distraction. Distraction has always been here. And so that makes no sense. 
So what other people do is they are shamers. They say, oh, you know what? It must be me. I'm somehow broken. My brain is broken or I have a short attention span. I have an addictive personality. I'm no good with time management. And they tell themselves these myths, these lies that don't serve them. And unfortunately, they end up believing to the point where they become true. And And here's why they become true. Because shame is a very uncomfortable emotional state. Shame is painful. We don't like that sensation of shame. It is a very powerful internal trigger. And so what do we do to escape that sensation? More distraction to take our mind off of that discomfort. So we don't want to be blamers. We don't want to be shamers. We want to be what we call claimers. Claimers claim responsibility not for the feeling. Many people don't realize this. You do not control your feelings. You only control how you respond to those feelings, how you respond to those urges, hence the term responsibility. Think about it this way. If you have to sneeze, okay, do you control the urge to sneeze? No, if you have the urge to sneeze, you've already felt it. It's too late. All you can do is decide how you will respond to that urge. Are you going to sneeze all over everyone and get them sick? No, you take out a handkerchief, you cover your nose so that you do the right thing. You do the responsible thing. And that's how we have to behave when it comes to our feelings, to our urges. We don't try and blame or shame. We try and claim those sensations so that we can use them to lead us towards traction rather than distraction. Now, here's how. Let me give you a few tips. Now, in our quest on Mind Valley, we go through dozens of different techniques. There is no one silver bullet. Everybody thinks that, oh, just give me that tip, trick, or life hack, and then I'll be indistractable. No, no, no. These are a series of practices. There's all kinds of tools that I want you to adopt so that when you see distraction, you know how to face it. You'll have those arrows in your quiver that you can pull out whenever you see distraction, and you'll try different tools to find the ones that work for you. Now, one that I use almost every single day that really works for me and many other people comes from acceptance and commitment therapy. And this is the idea of surfing the urge. You know, when we feel an uncomfortable sensation, whether it's uncertainty, boredom, fatigue, stress, anxiety, we feel like we're going to feel that way forever. But of course, that's never the case that these feelings, these urges towards distraction are nothing but waves. And so what psychologists advise us to do is to surf the urge, like a surfer on a surfboard. And so here's one technique that you can use. It's called the 10-minute rule. The 10-minute rule says that you can give in to any distraction, whether it's that piece of chocolate cake if you're trying to lose weight, whether that's that cigarette that you're trying to avoid, whether it's your phone while you're trying to do something else. You can use this 10-minute rule to tell yourself, that you can give in to that distraction, any distraction, but not right now. See, what most people do is they say, no, I'm not going to do that thing. And we know that abstinence, in fact, can backfire. It's like pulling on a rubber band. If you tell yourself, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and you finally let go and you do it, that response, that rubber band doesn't just go to where it started. No, it ricochets across the room. And so this is what happens when people try and abstain from a behavior and tell themselves no. When they do give in, that relief of the tension of telling themselves not to do something, ironically enough, feels good. And their brain begins to receive this and to remember this as the solution to this comfort of telling myself not to do something is just to do it. And this is how we become addicted to something. This is how we become distracted by many of the things in our outside environment. So what do we do instead? We don't tell ourselves no. We tell ourselves not yet. We use what we call the 10-minute rule. The 10-minute rule says you can give into that distraction, but not right now. 
So what I do many times, you know, I write every single day. It's never going to become a habit. It's hard work, right? Habits are things done with little or no conscious thought. Writing, exercise, these are not going to become habits. These are things done with a lot of conscious thought. They are hard work. They're difficult to do and things that I just want to escape, right? I've never enjoyed exercise. I don't really enjoy writing, to be honest. It's something that requires a lot of work. I enjoy the process, but the actual act can be grueling. So what I do is this. I set a timer for 10 minutes and I say, okay, I'm going to set the timer for 10 minutes and I have a choice to make. I can either get back to the task at hand, get back to whatever I was doing, in this case, doing my writing, or I can just sit with that sensation and I can just feel it for just a couple of minutes and start talking to myself with self-compassion in a healthy way. And I teach you exactly how to do this in the quest. And I start asking myself, where is that internal trigger coming from? And I teach you how to change the dialogue you have with yourself so that by the time those 10 minutes are up, what you will find nine times out of 10, you'll have forgotten about that distraction. You'll be right back to the task at hand. So this is a very, very powerful time-honored technique. Several studies have been done on this highly effective technique, and it is one of dozens of techniques that you will learn in the Mind Valley Quest. So for the sake of time, let's move on to the second step to becoming indistractable, making time for traction. Now, again, remember, traction is any action that I take with intent, things that I plan to do that help move me towards my goals and help me live out my values. Now, here's a fundamental truth. This is not one that you want to write down that you can't call something a distraction unless you know what it distracted you from. Let me say that again. You cannot call something a distraction unless you know what it distracted you from. How many people walk around complaining about how distracted they are, complaining about how they can't get things done, complaining about how you know the news is distracting them and their kids are distracting them and their boss is distracting them. But when you ask them, well, let me see your calendar. What did you actually plan to do with your time that you got distracted from? It's blank. There's nothing on their schedule. Those days are over, people. We can't complain about distraction unless we know what we want to do with our time. And if we don't plan our time, somebody is going to plan it for us. We have to start using what's called time boxing. This time boxing technique, I know it looks intimidating. I'm losing some of you already. Some of you are saying, oh my gosh, schedule out every minute of my day. Listen to this feeling. This feeling that you're having right now is the sensation of fear of actually following through on what you say you're going to do. That living your best life, being your best self, living up to your values sometimes requires hard work. And by scheduling that time to do whatever it is and is in accordance with your values, this is how we ensure that we get these things into our schedule, by making time for traction. What we're doing is turning our values into time. It's a very powerful technique that thousands of studies have shown is incredibly effective as a way to help you live out your values and make sure that you don't get distracted. Because the only way to know that you got distracted by something is to be able to point to your calendar and say, ah, I know what it is I wanted to do with my time. One of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality to health and wellness to relationship is that life is enormous and there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. 
You will just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mind Valley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. Everything else is a distraction. Now, here are a few more tips that you can use right away. One thing that you've got to do is to start planning the time. That is the only thing you control, your time and your attention. That's it. So what most people do is they plan the output. They use this stupid technique that we've all been told is the way to go. You know what I'm going to say. It's using a to-do list. Isn't that the way that we're supposed to get things done? We're all supposed to use to-do lists. And I'm here to tell you that if you look at the literature, running your life on a to-do list is just about the worst thing you can do for your productivity. There's all kinds of problems with running your life on a to-do list. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying don't take things out of your brain and put them on a piece of paper. That's wonderful. What I am telling you is if you don't take the critical step of putting those things on your calendar, you are shooting yourself in the foot. You're making a huge mistake. Why? Here's the biggest reason why. Because when you use a to-do list, to-do lists have no constraints. You can add more and more and more and more. And here's what happens. You get home from work after a hard day. You're exhausted. You feel like you've been running around like crazy. And you look at your to-do list and there's still all these things you didn't finish. Loser. And so what does that do to your self-image? Day after day, week after week, looking at the things you didn't do. Evidence that you don't live with personal integrity. So stop measuring yourself based on how many cute little boxes you checked off. That is the wrong approach. What you wanna start measuring yourself is based on the input, not the output, the input. And what is the input? Your time and your attention. So the only metric of success is not how many cute little boxes you checked off, because you know what people do, they check off the easy stuff first. That's what people do. So instead you measure yourself on, did I do what I said I was going to do? for as long as I said I would without distraction. That's your only metric of success. And when you do that, when you measure yourself based on that metric of did I do what I said I was going to do for as long as I said without distraction, by the way, doesn't matter if you finish or not, studies find that people who use that time boxing technique are much more effective at getting things done than the people who use the to-do list method. So we want to plan the time and the attention, not the output. You don't control the output, but you do control your time and attention. The next thing we want to do is to spend less time communicating and more time concentrating. We are so infatuated with emails and Slack messages and meetings. These things are incredibly distracting. And so we need to plan time in our day for what we call reflective work, time to think. If you want a competitive advantage over people in your industry, 
make time to think. I'm not saying all day, but sometime in your calendar, whether it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes in your day, protect that time, keep it sacred. It's something that very few people in your industry do. I can tell you for a fact, and you will beat the competition in pretty much whatever industry you're in by having that time for reflective work, because that is the only way we can concentrate. That is the only way we can be creative is when we work without distraction. So carve out that time. Now, Many of us work in environments where we are constantly pinged and dinged. And it turns out that those external triggers that we talked about earlier can be a huge source of distraction. So let's tackle those, starting with an industry where these distractions are literally a matter of life and death. If I were to ask you, what is the third leading cause of death in the United States of America before the COVID crisis? Would you believe that it was prescription mistakes? Prescription mistakes. People receiving the wrong medication or the wrong dosage of medication from healthcare practitioners, doctors and nurses, giving patients the wrong medication. And sometimes this led to lethal consequences. 200,000 people a year are affected by this in the United States of America. Now, most hospitals just think, well, what are we going to do, right? This isn't our fault. It's just human error. It happens. Nothing we can do about it. Until a brave group of nurses decided to tackle this challenge, and they found a way to reduce the number of prescription mistakes by 88%. 88%. They almost eliminated this problem. How did they do it? It wasn't some multi-million dollar program. It wasn't some fancy new technology. It was plastic vests cheap plastic vest that these nurses wore that told their colleagues, drug round in progress, do not disturb. And by giving people that explicit message to say, I need to focus, I need to concentrate, this is how these nurses prevented getting distracted and they saved the lives of countless patients. Now, why am I telling you this? How can you use this in your own life? Well, I'm guessing that you have many distractions throughout your day. If you're lucky enough to be back in the office, I'm guessing you've seen how your colleagues can distract you. If you're working from home, you probably noticed how your kids or your roommate or your spouse can distract you while you're trying to get work done. Well, what do you do? Well, one thing you can do is to learn from these nurses and use a screen sign. So I give you a downloadable screen sign that everyone can use. It's in my book. It's also in the Mind Valley course. We give you a link to download this and you can print up this Nice nifty sign, put it on your computer monitor to tell your colleagues, hey, for this amount of time, I am indistractable. I need to think right now. I need to do reflective work and my best work requires me to work without distraction. Now, many of you are saying, yeah, but I'm working from home, right? Haven't you heard about Corona? Like I can't work in the office, but what about these distractions that we have in our home? It's not our colleagues. For many of us, it's our kids. Here's the solution. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go around your house. If you have kids at home, and I want you to find the silliest hat you have, okay? The silliest hat you have. Here's ours. This is my wife. She is wearing what we call in our household the concentration crown. And we sat down with our daughter when she was only six years old, and we told her, look, when mommy is wearing the concentration crown, this means that she's not to be disturbed. And at six years old, my daughter understood exactly what we meant. And she actually appreciated the fact that now she knew when she was not going to get into trouble for interrupting us. Because frankly, give your kids a break. They don't know if they see you on your computer. They don't know if that's time that you can be distracted or not. So by putting on the concentration crown and telling your kids about it, what you're doing is interrupting the interruption. By the way, this works really well with kids. 
It also works really well with husbands as well. It's a very effective tool. We both have our individual concentration crowns that we use. Wonderful technique, solves the problem of working at home with kids when they could be potential distractions. We can also use technology to help pack back these external triggers. For example, everyone's phone today comes with do not disturb while driving mode. This is a wonderful feature. We should all be using this. How does this work? I know many of you are thinking, well, I can't just turn off notifications because what if somebody needs me? What if there's an emergency? First of all, nine times out of 10, those aren't real needs. Those are fears. Those are internal triggers, not external triggers. It's our fear that somebody needs us, not reality. But let's say, hey, you want to calm your nerves. No problem. Here's what you do. You take out your phone with one button, you engage, do not disturb while driving. And if someone contacts you while this feature is engaged, they will receive an automatic reply that says, I can't talk right now, but if this is urgent, text the word urgent and the message will come through. And if and only if they text that word urgent, then you'll get the call, then you'll get the text message. I've been using this technique for over three years. Nobody's ever texted me urgent because they know they can wait 30 minutes until I finish my indistractable work time. What we can also do is to clear off our desktops. We know studies find that working with all this digital clutter degrades our cognitive performance. We do worse work when we have all of this digital clutter. This visual clutter takes a toll. We don't have to live like this. We can put all that stuff away into a folder. Mine is marked everything. And if I need something, I just search for it. So very easy thing we can do. Our phones, right? I walk you through exactly step-by-step step in the Mind Valley Quest how to make your phone indistractable in all of one hour. For all we complain about, oh, our technologies, they're hijacking our brain, they're so addictive, rubbish. Two-thirds of people with a smartphone never bother to change their notification settings. Two-thirds of people, come on, we can do something about this. It takes just a few minutes, and I'll show you exactly how in less than one hour to make your phone pristine and indistractable. Now, here's what we have to do. We have to hack back those external triggers by asking ourselves the fundamental question, which is, is this external trigger serving me or am I serving it? If the external trigger is serving me, great, right? If you have a notification on your phone and says, hey, now it's time to go exercise or time for that meeting you plan for, or time to read the book you plan for, wonderful, that's, what? that's fantastic. But if it leads you away from what you plan to do, for example, when I was with my daughter and I wanted to play with her and here my phone is ringing so I'm getting distracted from being with her, well, now it's leading me towards distraction. It's not serving me, I'm serving it. The next thing we want to do is to adjust those notification settings. And I'll show you how in the Mind Valley course to do all that very, very quickly. And then finally, we have to leave these distracting devices outside of our meetings, whether it's with our family, with our friends, with our colleagues. We need to have no phone zones. These times in our day where we have these sacred spaces where we can leave those devices away from the gathering. Because if we don't do that, we have what we call zombie meetings. Zombie meetings are when there are a bunch of warm bodies around a table, but the brains are somewhere else. And so we, to prevent that, we have to have these no phone zones. The last step to becoming indistractable is to prevent distraction with packs. Now, this technique to prevent distraction with packs is an ancient technique that comes to us as far back as the ancient story of Ulysses. Now, Ulysses is this hero who has to sail his ship past the island of the Sirens, and the Sirens are these magical creatures who sing this mythical song, and anyone who hears the siren song crashes his ship onto the shore of the siren's island and dies. Now, Ulysses knows that this is going to happen. He knows about this potential distraction. So what does he do? 
he makes a pact. He tells everyone in his crew to put beeswax in their ears so they can't hear the siren song. And he instructs them to bind him to the mast of the ship. And he tells them, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, do not let me go. And you know what? It works. He's able to sail his ship right past the shore of the Sirens Island and return his crew and his ship safely home. Now, what can we learn from this? How can we use Ulysses' pact in our own life? Well, I hope you can see the metaphor here. You are Ulysses. There's lots of distracting stuff out there on the internet. And of course, that could also be you there on the shore of the Sirens Island, dead. So we want to prevent that. How do we prevent that? We make packs, just like Ulysses. We make these packs to make sure we don't get distracted. As the last line of defense, we can use these packs. How can we do that? Well, ironically enough, we can use tech to block out tech. Today, there is a proliferation of tools, many of them absolutely free, that we can use to make these pacts with ourselves to make sure we don't get distracted. So for example, you see there on your screen, on the right-hand side is a free app called Self Control that I use on my desktop so that when I need to do reflective work time, when I need to be indistractable, I block out automatically all the websites that could distract me. Email, the news, social media, they're all blocked out during that focused work time. On the left, you see an app called Forest, a wonderful little app. I use it every day. My daughter uses it when she does her homework. Here's how it works. You plug in how much time you want to do focused work for, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, doesn't matter. And when you hit plant, this cute little virtual tree is planted on the screen. Now, if you pick up your phone and do anything with it, the virtual tree dies. And you don't want to be a virtual tree murderer. So it's enough of a reminder that you have made this pact with yourself to stay indistractable for that period of time. Very, very effective tool. Another thing you can do is to find a Focusmate. Now, this is a company I like so much. I actually invested in this company. Focusmate.com will pair you with another person who wants to be indistractable. So this is great if you're like me and you have trouble getting started in the morning. So what you do is if you find you're the kind of person who says, okay, I'm going to start at 8 o'clock and then 8.15, 8.30 rolls around, you still haven't started on that hard work that you know you need to do. Well, you get an accountability buddy. You get a Focusmate at Focusmate.com. And in that time period, when you show up, you'll see them. They'll see you. You say real quick what you're working on and you keep each other accountable by having that little video screen. Wonderful little tool, super effective, even though it seems corny, unbelievably effective at making sure you stay on task and stay indistractable. So what we want to do is to reduce distraction with packs by using tech to block out tech. And there are many other packs we go over in Mind Valley Quest as well. But I want to give you a word of warning that you have to be careful with this one. This fourth technique has a couple caveats because it can backfire. The first way it can backfire is if you use it in the wrong order. Remember, you first have to do the other three steps. You have to make sure that you are mastering those internal triggers, that you make time for traction, that you hack back the external triggers, and then only when you've learned those first three techniques, then you can prevent distraction with packs. If you do them in the wrong order, they will backfire. Second thing we want to be aware of is that there are some people out there that when they use this particular technique of making a pact, they have a real tough time with it particularly when they fail. Because remember, all of us will fail from time to time on the road to becoming indistractable. It's about what we do when we fail. So some people, when they fail, they give up. They can't get back on the horse. And those people, studies find, 
These people are people who cannot give themselves self-compassion. Studies find that people who are more self-compassionate are more likely to reach their long-term goals. So how do we cultivate self-compassion exactly? Turns out it's pretty easy. We talk to ourselves the way we would talk to a good friend. So if I asked you, you know, if I told you what had happened with my daughter, and I told you that I was very embarrassed that I had ignored her and gotten distracted by my phone when I planned to be with someone I love very much, would you tell me I'm a horrible human being, that I'm a terrible father? Not if you were my friend, you wouldn't say that. But let me let you in on a little secret. That's the kind of negative self-talk I would tell myself all the time. And it wasn't helpful and it wasn't true. And here's what else isn't helpful and isn't true. This idea that we're somehow all hijacked by technology, that we're all addicted to it. It's not true, it's not helpful, and it's nothing but disempowering. So what I wanna do with this quest that we're gonna take with Mind Valley is I want to empower you. I want to empower you to take on any distraction, whether that distraction is tech-related or not, because there is so much that we can do. We can master those internal triggers, make time for traction, hack back external triggers, and prevent distraction with packs. Any one of us can do this. We can all become indistractable. Now that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's all kinds of techniques that we didn't get time to discuss today. There's also an entire section on how to help our kids become indistractable. You know, if you think the world is distracting now, just wait a few years. It's only gonna become more distracting. So if you have kids, absolutely critical that you learn how to become indistractable yourself and learn how to raise indistractable kids. How to have indistractable relationships is a topic we cover. We also cover how to build an indistractable workplace. It's absolutely fundamental that we change company cultures because here's the thing, distraction in the workplace is a symptom of cultural dysfunction. So I show you exactly how to change that company culture because if people are distracted at work where you work, it's just the tip of the iceberg, right? This is just the canary in the coal mine. You probably have all kinds of other issues that you need to tackle in order to become indistractable. And that's the first step. By understanding how to change that company culture, not only will your company become indistractable, but you'll find all kinds of other ways to improve the work that your company does. So the message I wanna leave with you today is that we can do this. Any one of us can get the best out of these technologies and tools without letting them get the best of us. We can all live out our values, control our attention, and choose our life by becoming indistractable. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now 
to get started.